0: very sexy, sexy robot. robot very sexy robot very, very sexy robot sexy robot. robot the teeth the lips the tip of the tongue the teeth the lips the tip of the tongue
1: the dick the balls the butthole
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's your cold open <laughs>
1: Welcome back to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell.
0: And my name is Carl Mizell.
1: And this is a podcast about my two favorite things, reading cheap erotic romances and talking to my husband.
0: And as you can probably guess from a podcast named Cheap Smut, this podcast does contain copious amounts of explicit language. So please consider yourself warned. And, and listen with the utmost care and caution.
1: Absolutely. Don't let your kids listen to this. No. Please. Not even
0: the cool ones.
1: <laughs> not even the cool baby. All right. As as I like to start the en- the beginning of every episode, I want to remind everyone that I am not reviewing this book. I will not be editorializing or providing any feedback about the writing, the storylines, the punctuation, <laughs> none of it. If you want my review, it's always going to be the same. 10 out of 10. Please go buy it.
0: That's right. And with that, let's start the show.
1: Let's get to it. Good evening, my love.
0: Hi, honey. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? I am
0: tired. I I know that you already know this because it's been just a really just a goddamn day
1: oh god it's been a lot it's been a lot but I'm really really excited to sit down and record this I've been looking forward to it all day it's what's been getting me through
0: yeah I was surprised like I said I you know I I checked in with you during bath time for our two sick children yes and uh I said hey do you want to postpone this and do it tomorrow and you're like absolutely not
1: no this has been driving me all day long I'm just I've just been waiting to get it to get to this spot so that I can record with
0: you yeah I and, and I appreciate that, and I and I'm excited because episode one came out uh, a week ago uh, as of as of release. Yes, and we we have gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback from the people who have listened to it, and naturally our audience is still fairly small. But I was taking a look at some of the numbers and some of the uh, the analytics and whatnot, and we we are officially global. Ooh, that's right. We have we are an international podcast now uh, <laughs> because somebody in we have people who have listened in Canada. Uh, we have people who have listened in in Great Britain somewhere in in, in Great Britain. I think it might it might be England. Mm-hmm. Um, and in here in the in in the contiguous forty eight, we've had people listen in Illinois and in, in California in Florida, and Florida and and all over the place. And we actually got a really uh sweet and, and lovely uh, positive review on apple podcasts yes so thank you very much for that um
1: that was that was like the highlight of my week that was thrilling whoever you are i'm so grateful to you and whoever you are now listening to this please take a moment to rate and review it's the best thing you can do to help us grow
0: yes and and that is something that we really do want to do we do want to grow the podcast because we feel like this is a community that you know, my wife loves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I love my wife. <laughs> so I, I, I want her to be a part of that and, it, and we want to be not just a part, uh, part of that community, but good stewards of that community. Absolutely. Um, so we would love to very much build that community and, and the only the, the best way to do that, at least starting out, is for you to like and subscribe and review the podcast on whichever um, platform. Uh, that you listen to it on. Episode one is in the books. We did a Lady of Rooksgrave Manor by Catherine Moon, and I know that we've contradicted ourselves already because we said, you know, we're going to try and you know we're going to diversify. We're not going to you know lean into too many books by the same author. But this week we are doing another Catherine Moon book. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a method to that madness, and that is because this is a pretty significant, a hefty tome.
1: Yes. It's about as long as A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor in terms of page count, but we're filling this episode out into a two parter uh, in order to give us time to prepare to go on vacation with our children next week. Yeah. And to fill it out, I am going to give a crash course on the trope that this book is built on.
0: Yeah. And as you probably already know, um, unless you just try to like blindly pick a podcast without reading anything about just it. Stabbing your finger at yeah, your screen in the dark. Exactly. Throwing your invisible dart finger <laughs> or your dart finger in the dark there. Um, we are doing another Catherine Moon book. This one is called Baby and the Late Night Howlers. Yes, it is. Um, uh, misidentified in our previous episode as Baby and the Midnight Howlers. My
1: bad. I do that all the time, even in my brain. I, I've read this book like five times and every time mm. I get it wrong.
0: That's okay. If that's the worst thing that happens to us, I think we're going to be okay. And this book uh, does indeed dive into uh, a very specific trope. But before we uh, get into it, are there any content warnings that our listeners should be aware of?
1: Yes. Uh, content warning for Baby and the Late Night Howlers includes um, human trafficking, assault, physical and sexual assault, and... Um guns. I don't know how else to put that. There's a lot of shooting. If I've missed any content warning, please check out Catherine Moon's webpage. I do believe she lists all of the content warnings for every one of her books and all of the tags as well.
0: Excellent. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to kind of get out and put out in the world?
1: I want to say this because it's the only chance I'll ever get to even maybe get this message to her. Catherine Moon, I love you so much. And The Sweet Verse is my favorite series I have ever read. You're wonderful. And I'm really excited to talk about your book with my husband today.
0: (laughs) And I am very excited to hear her talk to me about this book because um, one of my favorite things is to listen to you talk. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that said, let's get on with it.
1: Let's get on with it. Okay, so to begin... Baby and the Late Night Howlers, and all subsequent books in the Sweet Verse series are part of the ABO trope. ABO is the shortened initialism for Alpha Beta Omega. It's usually shortened to A slash B slash O, A dot B dot O, A, B, O, etc. You'll find all kinds of versions of it, but they're all the same.
0: Does anybody call it ABO? We could. Okay, I'm going to.
1: All right. Do you know anything about abo i know i've talked to you briefly about it in the past
0: i know nothing about it and when you pitched me this book as as a topic for our second episode i actively avoided looking anything up about it
1: Oh, good uh cool okay and i
0: and i i kept my promise thank you you're welcome
1: for anyone listening who wants to know more than this crash course is going to provide there is a ton of content on this on this trope on fanlore.com fan it's a fan wiki looks just like wikipedia it's so well maintained whoever wrote this page i am impressed it's a fantastic wiki good job good job you um so to begin we're going to do a crash course on abo abo or alpha beta omega is a uh trope that how do i best put this it relies on a biological hierarchy okay in order to flesh out the social realities of the book i like to approach books like this the same way i approach my second favorite genre of book science fiction it's all on the table it doesn't have to make sense mm-hmm. nothing is out of out of bounds suspend your disbelief we're going hard <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. I like it.
1: All right. So, Alpha, Beta, Omega is built on our very incorrect pop culture understanding of wolf packs. Okay. Like 50, 60 years ago now, some scientists dropped a pack of captive bred wolves into the wild and studied their behavior. And they came up with what we have been calling in pop culture ever since the Alpha Wolf. And we now know that that entire study was bullshit, that wolves do not behave this way. There are no alpha wolves, beta wolves. There is a hierarchy that is maintained for social safety, but it's nothing like we think it is. Um, And that's mostly because these were captive bred wolves. They had to be socialized in the wild in order to behave like they would in the wild. They weren't, so they didn't. Mm -hmm. And we know nothing. This is the uh, the same alpha wolf that uh some of those horrible men on the internet use as the basis of their claim that they are alpha men <laughs> yeah
0: yeah they 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 claim to be the alpha but yet they have never lived without a roommate <laughs> or their mommy or their mom <laughs> or you know they they can only have the only roommates they've ever had or whoever they're dating at the time
1: yeah exactly yeah and those they, guys. they can't wash their own socks those guys yeah knowing that that we're we're working within a pack structure with a biological hierarchy of dominance. Let's begin.
0: Well, hold hold that thought. How does this compare to the trope or one of the tropes that we addressed in *A Lady of Rook's Grave Manor*, which is? Why choose? Why choose? Because it sounds like there might be a a, a bit of overlap.
1: Yeah. This is also a why choose romance, sort of. Um, In a traditional why choose or reversed harem romance that we don't usually, we don't use that phrase much anymore, reversed harem, because harem has its own connotations that we don't understand in Western culture. So in a why choose romance, often one of the basic dilemmas is who will I choose Mm -hmm. in this world? there is no choosing. Oh. Everybody goes into this situation knowing that there will be no choosing. There will be multiple partners. That's the end of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So why choose is, oh, crap, I'm going to have to choose versus this, which is no choice. Take what you want. Yes. Or have what you want.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in uh, an ABO, there are three different um, designations within the dominance hierarchy these designations cannot be changed. They are biological functions. You get them when you reach puberty or a little after. Um, they are hormonal. They are physical and they are emotional. They affect the entire body. Your designation can't be shifted.
0: So you're you're saying that... The, the, so there is it correct to say that there is some overlap in terms of like a sci-fi element? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. I, okay. I think of these books as kind of science fictioning.
0: I know you mentioned yeah. that at the beginning mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that there was this this level. Like oh, it's yeah, it's okay. it's deep. All
1: right. Um it's easiest for me to think of it like an alternate dimension. Okay. The alternate dimension is almost exactly the same as the human dimension. It looks the same. People look the same, the same businesses, the same cities the same universities and president and government etc except there are hierarchical designations that affect the social structure Um, starting from the top of the dominance hierarchy there are alphas Mm -hmm. alphas um, they tend to be physically imposing not like giants but they're just physically imposing Mm. Um, they have strong dominant vibe or energy they can bark and growl not like but like they have a command in their voice that makes other people listen to them.
0: Okay. Almost
1: like magic. Um, They also have a, um, am I going to sing this? Yes, I am. Back up from the mic a little. Alpha's got weird genitals. (laughs) Because both male and female alphas exist. I can't just sing weird dicks.
0: No. Yeah. Um, Weird bits.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Alpha's got weird bits. That's better. Um, a uh an alpha with a penis has you picture a normal human penis except there is a fist size knot of flesh at the base <laughs> uh, yes
0: no i i i mean yeah no i i'm not disagreeing with you, you you're the expert <laughs> i just i f- i'm fascinated that that is a thing that became part of the trope
1: yes well it's based on apparently dog anatomy Dog okay. penile anatomy. I don't know anything about dog penises, so I can't confirm that. No, but okay. it's what it's based on. And that is born from the, um, the werewolf trope. Werewolf trope often has a, a dick with a knot as well. Mm. Um, a, an alpha with a vagina has what's called, in Catherine Moon's version, a lock, meaning their vaginal muscles tighten so much that their partner can't pull out without causing significant pain.
0: That's a real alpha move.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? Um, until their pelvic muscles eventually relax and then they can, or in the case of the, the male alpha, until their erection subsides. Uh, this is presented mostly as a, um, a breeding measure to make sure that you're inside long enough to impregnate. It's effective. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is effective. Alphas generally tend, in Catherine Moon's version of this world, alphas run in packs, they form collective groups of other alphas. They don't have a dominance structure within their pack. They are all equals. Uh, but in the event of a fight, they will have like a dominance fight. The, okay. one, the one who is most dominant will win. Then there are betas. And betas are your average everyday normal, nothing special about them. i just going to say they're not special. There's plenty of special betas in my books.
0: Mm. but um, They just don't have fist-sized lumps on their genitals. Yeah, they
1: don't have knots or locks or yeah. growls or barks or any of that they are normal everyday people they represent the largest portion of the population i mean if if we're doing breakdowns i want to say betas have to be at least 65 percent and then alphas are another 20 percent and omegas represent the last 15.
0: okay all right so so really there's no need to really explain betas beyond no there's
1: no, um, except to say that betas often aren't welcome in packs uh, for reasons that we'll get into later. They often just mate with each other and produce more betas because designations are at least a little bit genetic. Okay. And then you have omegas and omegas are special. Mm. They are sought after. They are precious. They are revered. Everybody loves an omega. Um, In Catherine Moon's world, they're often famous and beta women will build like wishboards of things that they would have if they magically suddenly became an omega because it does happen it's a dream most women and men but especially women because there are mostly female omegas dream about being an omega
0: so you cannot become if you're a beta you cannot become an alpha but you can become an omega no okay
1: once your designation is set it can't be changed
0: okay Um, i I remember you saying that but yeah
1: but we'll get into we'll get into that a little bit later
0: because it sounded for a second there like there was an element of wictive of of the magnificent comic book the wicked and the divine where people are normal and then are chosen
1: oh yeah yeah no it's not like that the, okay. um i just want to sure. be cool though somebody write that book where, where they're where betas are just chosen to become a different designation that would be fun yeah um omegas are characterized by um Submission, but not like in the wives must submit to their husbands kind of way. They just really prefer calm, quiet spaces. They are very emotional. Um, they are usually physically petite, uh, but not always. Not every book has that version of the ba- of the omega in it. Um, and omegas have very special vaginas. Their vaginas are the only ones that can take a knot. Say that again. Their vaginas are the only ones that can take a knot.
0: Are you referring to the knot on the base of an alpha penis? Yes, I am. Okay.
1: Yeah. So a beta could technically receive a knot, but it would take a lot of training and time, and it would not be pleasant for them. It would sort of be like how you need to like anal train before you can do anal sex. Yeah. You would have to not train before you could have knotted sex, um, but they don't generally even try.
0: So let's do the flow chart. Mm-hmm. Alphas can sleep with alphas Mm -hmm. you know have alphas can have sex with alphas betas can have sex with betas omegas can have sex with alphas or betas alphas or betas Mm -hmm. but only omegas with vaginas can receive
1: i didn't say omegas with vaginas oh no male omegas can take it up the butt Oh, yes. And usually in ABO books, male omegas are self-lubricating in the bum, which is an interesting piece of the puzzle.
0: I'm so glad that I asked that specific question to lead you to that tidbit of information. (laughs) Oh, don't you worry. It's self-lubricating.
1: Yes, it is. Okay, so the other thing that distinguishes an omega is that three to four times a year they go into heat. And that's exactly what you think it is.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. uh, I could. I I, I sense that you could see the the inquisitive look on my face <laughs> as I sipped my tea.
1: Yes, uh, so a heat is a several day long horny fest. Okay, they need as much sex as they can possibly get in that period. They cannot be brought out of heat by anyone but an alpha. Um, they can't endure the heat on their own. It's very physically uncomfortable, and um, if their fever gets too high. It leads to seizures, which leads to strokes, which leads to death. Like, it's very dangerous.
0: I, I feel like I've been that horny. <laughs> which.
1: You probably have. Which
0: explains <laughs> a lot. Like, I feel like for those of you listening at home or wherever you're listening, that's the beauty of podcasts. Um, in your car. In your, a, car. in your car. I I feel like would it. And maybe I'm jumping ahead. But would it be safe to say that to the normal, to the world out here I present as an alpha but got big omega energy because I feel like I'm a large person but I also like the quiet and the seclusion and being left alone but I am not physically petite
1: yeah i think you have big alpha energy alphas Mm. don't have to be like big outgoing charismatic okay good um they often thrive in like high stress environments Mm -hmm. they are in abo books they often have the jobs that we consider dude jobs Uh, you know they're c-suite executives and master surgeons Mm. and military and bodyguarding you know think of man jobs yeah, and that's what they tend to that's what they tend to do because they thrive in high stress okay i often think of myself as an omega because i really love you know just like getting snuggly and 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 being cared for and not doing much of anything that's true you do <laughs> i do um so a few other things that we need to know about omegas they they have um they have an instinct for what is called nesting meaning they want low light tight space soft fabrics food comfort food and nudity if at all possible especially around their heat they need a nest often heats are exercised inside of the nest and when an omega joins a pack she will pick as many alphas out of they sorry they will pick as many alphas out of that pack as they like and they will pair bond by the alpha biting the omega to break skin usually during sex and once the pair bond is formed they form a psychic emotional link with each other
0: you know when we set out to do this podcast i knew that i was going to learn some shit <laughs> <laughs> and two episodes in and i am already learning way more shit than i ever thought i could possibly learn yeah about this about this genre i my reading Tends to skew very. I mean, I I read a lot of books about baseball because I love baseball. I read a lot of books about video games. Not that there are a lot of them, but I read that, and a selection of of yeah, sci-fi. A selection of, yeah, you know, sci-fi in, in, and fiction. And some in some fiction, it would never occur to me to to read. I mean, it's not something that I would read for pleasure. But holy how listening to you explain this is the best way yeah i used to i've made this joke before is that i don't listen to a lot of pod i only listen to like one podcast and then my wife explains six other ones to me (laughs) and so that's how i i listen to podcasts is you're my podcast aggregator Mm -hmm. um so this is actually i think I, i i'm i'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say there will come a point in some time where i will actually for pleasure read a romance novel
1: Oh, I hope you do. I always say there's a romance novel for everybody. I believe it. Everybody.
0: I wasn't kidding when I said at the end of uh, the last episode that I would watch an HBO series.
1: Of Rook's Grave? Of Rook's yeah. Grave.
0: But it would have to be like full on. Like I want like...
1: You want the Akro Kamui to throw a girl in the air and catch her on the j- vagina? Exactly. Yeah. I
0: I don't I don't generally care when something that is adapted you know, like a movie's adapted from a book or from a video game or whatever. I generally don't care if they skew away from it. I understand. I know how the sausage gets made. Mm -hmm. I understand, like, for example, when they made Scott Pilgrim, you know, the Scott Pilgrim movie, there were six books. The sixth book hadn't even come out yet. There's no way that you can fit six books worth of material into a movie. I get it. That said, if they didn't just recreate every single (laughs) fucking moment... I want yes. every moment yeah. from Rook's grave Manor yes. on the screen in glorious Technicolor. Technicolor. <laughs> I don't know if they call it that anymore. They don't. I think it's like I think it's just 4K. But yeah. anyway, so I, I I am enjoying this very much, and I I am I am giddy with anticipation to hear how this is all going to play out in an actual ABO novel.
1: Yeah. Well, there are, um, there are a lot of versions of ABO. There are a lot of books set in ABO universes. They all have their subtle differences. Um, I've read three different series of these, and they all have, like I said, their little differences. But they're all very enjoyable. It's a it's a growing trope. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. all the time. And people like to some people like to make fun of it. You know, they say it's a little too weird. It's a little too wacky. The the nodding thing freaks a lot of people out. They say that it's too unbelievable or too unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And to those people, I say, um, Frodo and Samwise walked fourteen hundred miles to the mouth of a volcano because the bad elf was trying to subjugate the world with jewelry. Like sometimes fantasy just sounds goofy. But it's all beautiful. ABO, being the, um, the growing trope that it is, uh, gaining more and more love and more and more uh, followers as the years go by, um, has a fantastic origin. And you remember when I told you the other day that there was going to be a revelation about ABO that I wanted to share with you and I was, I was really excited to do so?
0: And then I went down an incredible anxiety spiral about it. Yeah, because, because you were... <laughs> I was afraid I wasn't going to react. Like, you were going to tell me this, and you were going to look at me, like, like expecting me to have my mind blown, and I was going to be like... Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I don't expect any reaction from okay. you. I just, yes. I just love this piece of information and want to share it with you.
0: I'm glad, because I want to know the origin of this. All right.
1: ABO was invented in 2010 by the Supernatural fandom for their fan fiction.
0: (laughs) God damn it. They are so powerful. This is what happens when you let a show stay on the air for 77 seasons. (laughs) God damn you. Jensen Ackles. I know. And the other one, Jared Padalecki. Jared Padalecki. I I I felt so bad. I could not have... I, I, I could sense... Even though we're being recorded right now, I sensed people from the future trying to attack me in the past for, not, <laughs> for calling, calling Jared Padalecki the other one. The
1: other one. No, um, I just think mm, I am so delighted by the fact that somewhere someone went, you know what we could do? and they wrote this prompt. They wrote it for like a like a competition, like a well, you know, fan fan fiction writers often have like you know, Boo Fest 2022 where they yeah. do just all all Halloween themed stuff or whatever and it's super fun because the the site gets flooded with a bunch of new fics really fast. Somebody went, I'm going to write this prompt and they wrote the very first version of ABO back then. Omegas weren't called omegas, they were called um, Winchesters. No, I wanna say they were called bitches.
0: Well, that makes me uncomfortable. It,
1: it makes me uncomfortable too. It's in bitches as in dogs, <laughs> but it still doesn't help. It's
0: still not great. It's
1: not, it's not good.
0: No. Um,
1: but so that slowly developed over time and in the last twelve years, almost thirteen now, ABO has become its own trope. And it's wonderful.
0: And you seem to enjoy it. I, I are, do. Is it, where would you say it ranks in your appreciation of certain tropes?
1: Um, It's up there. It's it's pretty high. I mean, I have a I have a deep love of certain tropes. My favorite trope of all time is the snowed in trope.
0: How convenient.
1: Yeah. Because it's snowing right now. We're yeah. going to get like six to seven inches tonight, they said, or more even. Dude, I'm just
0: gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> couldn't couldn't resist.
1: Don't do it. Um, yeah. So we're it's snowing outside right now. But my favorite trope of all time is the Snowden trope, which is very similar to um, like the the only one room at the mm. inn trope, or only one bed trope, is forced proximity.
0: As opposed to the Snowden trope, where you elope with Edward Snowden and, <laughs> and avoid extradition yeah, to the United yeah, States.
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, (laughs) So that has been your crash course on ABO.
0: I, I feel like I definitely understand it better than I would have if I'd have Googled it.
1: Okay, fantastic. Well, again, if you need more information or if you're just curious, there is a fantastic wiki on it that goes deep into some of the variants of the trope, some of the variants in alpha mechanics, the physical mechanics, the whatevers of all of that um, yeah. and I recommend I recommend it I recommend the trope um if you don't want to read Catherine Moon I know that there's a series called Good Girl I don't remember who the author is I think their name is Sam Moore but don't quote me on that and then there's
0: <laughs> not the Sam Moore that we know no IRL
1: yeah and then there is uh I, there's a series called Pack Darling that one's that one was really good but either way, there's a lot out there. I, I, I highly encourage everyone to try and find some. It's new and it's different. And it might take a little getting used to if you're not used to why um, chooses or weird dicks. Or there's a little bit of like, um, oh, primal play, that kind of stuff. But they're so fun. And they're original. I don't ha- I can't say enough good stuff about it.
0: I know. I just edited out like 47 minutes of it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't.
1: He almost made me choke on my teeth oh, That's rude. I'm okay. sorry. So now that we have done our crash course on ABO, I think it's time to get started. Yes. We are going to dive right into Baby in the Late Night Howlers by Catherine Moon. Baby in the Late Night Howlers is available on Kindle for three ninety-nine. is also available through Kindle Unlimited. I discovered last week that Catherine moon books are only available through kindle okay as far as i can tell okay so um if you need an e-pub of any other variety i'm not sure where to get it but people on the internet are savvy they can figure it out oh yeah so let's begin with our heroine her name is baby that is her legal name it's on her driver's license and everything
0: the titular baby
1: that's her um baby is a child of two beta parents she uh she says that when she was born. they took one look at her and went, "Yep, that's a baby," and that's what they named her. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly original, I suppose, but I like it. No, good enough. Baby is twenty six years old, and uh she is very happy living her life as a presumed beta.
0: Oh yes,
1: until right now. We open up uh, on this book, Kate, Baby is at a bar with her best friend Lola. They are at a pack bar, an alpha run bar, and it is a an MC bar, a motorcycle club bar. Okay. Lola dragged her here because Lola wants to get a little alpha strange. Mm-hmm. Baby doesn't give two shits about alphas in any capacity, but she's going for Lola because she loves Lola, and she's sitting at the bar, terrified to move because like some horrible miracle baby is part of the 0.01% of omegas who present in their late 20s and now she is stuck in a bar full of alphas having her first what they call perfume meaning that her pheromones are going crazy
0: wow yeah <laughs> what a weird what a weird experience to have
1: i know right doesn't it... <laughs> And she is terrified. She's terrified because she knows if she moves, her scent is going to start wafting around the room. It's going to be a feeding frenzy. And because how she,
0: does she how does she realize this is happening? I uh, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm I'm curious. How does she figure it out?
1: They she, they don't say. Okay. They don't say. I assume it's because she starts smelling herself. Mm. more significantly oh this is another great thing about Catherine um she uses the perfume or the pheromones in a really fun way they all have a corresponding scent that a human would understand so baby when she's perfuming smells like honeysuckle and cake okay yeah um so all of the alphas that she meets throughout the book they all have a particular smell and when we meet those alphas I actually have a list of all of them and what they smell like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which Catherine was kind enough to provide in the back of her book in an appendix okay so baby is stuck at this bar she doesn't know what to do lola comes over to um say hi to her and unknowingly takes some of baby's scent by just hugging her and rubbing against her uh this Is Because even though she's not perfuming enough for a beta to be able to smell her, which is what Lola is, Lola is a beta, subconsciously Lola is still trying to get a little of that scent onto herself because if you smell a little bit more like an omega, you're more likely to get an alpha for the night.
0: Okay. And now, now does it, it, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but does Lola have experience with alphas at this point? Is she aware? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not uncommon for betas to go out and try and get a little alpha. Okay. Um, but uh, betas are very often not invited to join packs for various reasons, mm-hmm. so they're just getting what they can while they can, living the fantasy yeah. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I I
0: just but you 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 mentioned that they need to train and prepare so i wanted to make sure that this wasn't lola's first uh no not dick rodeo
1: (laughs) no no it's not Eh, it's not (laughs) anyway baby is stuck in place lola goes back out onto the dance floor baby's trying to figure out what to do with herself and she is rescued by a man who comes up to her and initially she thinks that he's an alpha because he's strong smells very strongly of alpha he smells like apple pie Isn't that nice? And um, she's hiding in the corner from him. And he comes up to her and realizes that she's in trouble because she is a perfuming Omega, a new Omega, which is like candy. And she's not safe here. He encourages her to take a closer whiff. And she realizes, oh, this is a beta. This is a beta who just happens to have alpha smell on him. Um, But he is safe and he can help her. His name is Seth. And he offers to take her out of the bar to his car and drive her wherever she wants to go. He gives her the keys, says, you drive. You take you wherever you want to go. I'll just help you get there safely. On their way out the door, baby passes by Lola in the hallway. And she's having sex right there in that hallway with an alpha who smells like burnt marshmallows.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, the tropes. I love it. I love the creativity. I love it.
1: I know. Isn't it just fantastic? So uh, what they end up doing is Seth takes her to the Omega Center. The Omega Center is, I guess, what it sounds like. It's an organization that helps helps newly found Omegas find their place. Teaches them how to take care of themselves because they now have slightly different needs. Um, Teaches them how to build nests. Teaches them how to build pack bonds and pack structure, that kind of thing. But because baby is so late to the game, they don't have nearly as much time as they normally do. Um, are
0: we at a race against the clock before her first heat yes Ah. yeah yeah we
1: are Uh, because she uh because she perfumed for her first time so late they have a very short window of time before the heat strikes and um they're doing everything they can to kind of shove all that training into just a few days (laughs)
0: listen (laughs) you are gonna go insane from horniness yeah and you're gonna just need to fuck for like you're three gonna days walk
1: out on the street and scream somebody fuck me and somebody will yeah but don't do that it's not safe
0: no that's just oh wow
1: yeah so baby spends a week at the omega center um getting to know everything she needs to know um but ultimately what she takes away from it is the phrase not bite sleep repeat because oh. that's essentially what the heat is.
0: You you got to have a plan. Yes. You need a mantra.
1: Yeah. Not bite sleep.
0: exactly just like that
1: once they think she's ready they give her a couple of binders full of scent cards because the Omega Center is not just for taking care of Omegas they also have a membership program where packs will pay a membership fee to be on their books and new Omegas will sniff through these, these binders of scent cards and pick out alpha packs that they like
0: scratch and sniff dating
1: yeah isn't that great (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes it actually is
1: it's wonderful i would love to be like i don't want to i don't want to date that guy he smells like sauerkraut
0: (laughs) if you smelled like magic spoon fruit like fruity cereal (laughs) don't
1: give those people free money magic spoon is delicious though not a sponsor yeah not a yet Ah. so She goes through these two binders, and she can't find anybody. She doesn't like any of them, and she's starting to get a little despondent. And then they pull out a third binder, and that's the binder of lapsed memberships. They just keep them on hand, and she finds...
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, these guys. Uh, Yeah, that guy forgot to change his debit card. (laughs) And... uh... And that guy, he screwed up the uh, the routing number, so none of his ACH transactions went through. Uh, that guy's just weird.
1: <laughs> that guy's just weird. Yeah, we
0: just didn't like that guy. <laughs> we just
1: didn't like Jerry. Um,
0: <laughs> poor Jerry.
1: <laughs> so she picks. She has to pick three packs, and ultimately she does. But while she's sniffing through the binder of lapsed memberships, she finds the scent card that smells like seth's alpha the one that smells like apple pie and she's like this one this one immediately i, I want that one right there um so the pack says that they will con- or the the omega center says that they will contact the pack in question and she has to pick two more so she does in the next step is to set up interviews she's going to go and visit all of these packs and see if she likes them in person but in the meantime she's given an omega mentor someone who's been through this process, mature adult who's been in a pack for a long time to help her through it. And she is set up with a woman named Rebecca. And Rebecca talks her through the more scary emotional parts of being an Omega, including how to pick the right pack because baby's terrified she's going to pick the wrong one. Because just because you're in a pack doesn't mean they love you or that they'll treat you right.
0: Mm. Honestly, though, I think dating would be so much better if this is the way you did it. I assume we're like, here's a book. Here's what they smell like. We're going to go through the interview process. We'll reach out to them. We'll vet them. Here's a mentor. Yeah. They're going to like, this seems like a very healthy approach to relationships. It really
1: does. In a lot of ways, there are things that happen in this book that are ideal ideal to like relationships and this is this is one of them so rebecca tells baby that she had a pack that she really really liked but they weren't able to provide for her the things that she wanted out of life you do have some amount of choice in who you decide your pack is going to be uh rebecca ultimately chose to go with a pack who was more financially stable and she regrets that a little bit but she's also happy yeah She tells Baby that whatever choice she makes, it's her choice. She needs to seek out her own happiness and know what she's not willing to compromise on. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing any of us can do at the end of the day. But once the bite is done, it cannot be undone. So Rebecca cautions her to take things slow. The next chapter is in a different point of view. This is the first time, well, this is only the second book I've read, but this is the first book I've read to you that is in multiple points of view. Okay. So throughout the book, we bop back and forth, mostly from baby's perspective, but from other perspectives as well, several other alphas. Um, And a lot of people really like that because um, they get to like read what the man is thinking. God, don't we always just wish we knew what our partners were thinking? But um, just ask. <laughs> well, I could with you. You're honest. Yeah, I, I don't.
0: I don't really. Uh, I don't really pull any punches, but uh, I'm, I'm. But I'm polite about it. I like to think.
1: So the the um the next chapter introduces one of the main alphas in our story. His name is Jonah. His name is Jonah, and he is the president of the Late Night Howlers Motorcycle Club. And he is also one of the founding members of the late night howlers pack. Okay. They are two separate entities. He is in charge of the motorcycle club. He is not in charge of the pack. A point that they make very clear many times throughout this book because he's kind of controlling. Mm. Jonah has only been the president of this pack for like a year or something because their previous president died of cancer very it's very depressing they talk about him a few times and it's always like oh god this poor man um and while he's sitting in his office bemoaning the fact that he doesn't think that he's a good prez or a good man or any of the other things um he seth walks into the room and seth the Mm -hmm. the beta who saved baby on her first night as an omega is jonah's boyfriend they have a long established relationship and um jonah fantasizes about the night that seth came home covered in baby's perfume and they had a really good time
0: oh wow
1: but seth has come to let jonah know that the omega center has reached out they need to pay their dues because somebody wants to come see them but they won't do it for free The Omega Center needs to get paid.
0: Okay, so the Howlers need to pay the Omega Center. Yes, the Howlers need to
1: pay the Omega Center. They don't have to pay their back dues, but they do need to pay at least for this month because Mm -hmm. somebody wants to go and visit them. Seth knows it's going to be baby, but Jonah isn't so sure. Seth's like, who the hell else would it
0: be? I'm a little unclear on this. So they would pay the Omega Center, and then who reaches out to whom here? The
1: Omega Center would then reach out to the pack once the Omega has chosen what PAC she wants to interview.
0: Okay. So ultimately, the Omega decides. The
1: Omega decides, yeah. Okay. And then the Omega Center acts as their intermediary. Got it. Yeah. They have a conversation about whether or not they should pay and invite an Omega in because Omegas have a tendency to F up dynamics. One of the main things they do is they kick betas out because Omegas don't like other people smelling like their alphas. And now Jonah is terrified that if they invite an Omega into their pack, that that Omega will then kick Seth out. And he doesn't want that.
0: And this all started with Supernatural.
1: I know. I know. Man. Doesn't it just yeah. delight you right down to your yeah. toes? It does.
0: It does because they took this idea and just ran. Mm-hmm. Just ran with it. Mm-hmm. And had a blast, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They made great strides towards new and better dirty books. <laughs> and I love it. So... Jonah is conflicted. He wants an Omega more than anything because that's what everybody wants. Because a bonded Omega bonds a pack together in emotional harmony. But he doesn't want to lose Seth. They decide ultimately that they are going to have a pack vote. They already know what the answer is going to be. They all want the Omega to come. Mm Mm-hmm. Baby visits two other packs um, before she finally goes to see the Howlers. She is accompanied by an Omega Center representative named Yvonne, who has a stick up her ass. Noted. She goes to see two like rich, hoity-toity, upper-class Alpha Packs, which is common. A lot of packs are really, really wealthy. They have to be in order to entice an Omega to join them. Okay. Most financially less d- dragon like <laughs> <laughs> packs don't uh, don't get an omega so easily okay they finally get to the late night howlers plaza they own a strip mall with a bunch of apartments on top and these are all their businesses um they live in what is known as old downtown it's not fancy it's not upper class but it is i think of downtown flint when i think Uh, of it yeah yeah okay it's a nice little downtown area there's a little run down it might not be the safest but it's got charm
0: yeah you know you have the for those of you not familiar with it, there's the bricks. There's a lot of businesses with like lofts on top mm-hmm. um, and, and that sort of thing. You have your your crepe shop, your coffee shops, you know, that sort of thing. There's the Mont Culinary Institute. There's a, uh, I think TV5
1: is down there. Yeah, there's a couple of news stations and the yeah. old Flint Journal building.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, go google downtown flint michigan and and take a look and you'll you'll see what we're talking about
1: yes so they get to this plaza and it is several different businesses all of which are owned by the late night howlers there is dusty's garage the green thumb marijuana dispensary the full moon diner the rough house gym and late night howlers bar and then they have apartments apartments on top it covered that cover the yep. entire length of the strip mall they are greeted by seth and jonah as representatives of the Howlers because the pack is quite large and they didn't want to all meet her out in the parking lot and scare her. When they go inside to meet the pack, they are very unconventional, but they are very respectful and she likes them right away. I have a list of the entire crew and I have already fan cast them.
0: Okay, well, we can, we can take uh, tackle that uh, at a later point.
1: Yeah okay so i'm gonna go over to Catherine's fantastic appendix in the back of her book and i'm going to introduce you to the late night howlers crew here we go the late night howlers include 12 alphas because their other member nine is dead plus one beta seth and a bunch of other female betas who um aren't introduced until later in the book okay All of the alphas in the motorcycle club go by a club nickname, and that's what I am going to call them for the rest of this book. Got it. All right. So we have Seth, a.k.a. Bomber, because he wears a bomber jacket, Jonah, a.k.a. Scorch, Quincy, a.k.a. Bullet, Ryan also known as green McKenzie also known as books Sanjay also known as tornado Cole, C-O-L-E also known as Cole C-O-A-L for his coal black heart um, Dusty also known as Dusty because that's just his name Jeff slash chef Brody slash red Tom also known as thumb Roger also known as flea Steve also known as shade
0: I'm gonna put you on the spot What's What would be my pack name? Pack name for Carl. I
1: don't know. Um, Treefoot.
0: Treefoot. <laughs> with no further explanation. No given. further
1: explanation. All right. So that's our whole pack. Baby's not going to find a mating bond with all of these members, but they are all lovely people.
0: And she's sure going to try. Or is she not? No,
1: she's not. She's no, not no. She's not like
0: our dear Esther from Rook's Grape.
1: No, she okay. knows that she likes several of them by smell alone, but not all of them. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, eventually I believe she ends up with five, six, five alphas and a beta, I think. Good for her try to keep track of it all but i can't really we'll we'll, we'll
0: figure it out Mm -hmm.
1: so um one of the things that they have to do when the omega center brings their uh prospective omega for a visit is they have to show them the nest and this is where things start to go downhill because the howlers do not have a nest they don't have anything even close to a nest what they have is a concrete room behind their barback station
0: but imagine it (laughs) right right
1: (laughs) well baby tries to give it all the consideration that it is due and so she walks in and she goes well i don't like the lighting but we can put up something else and we can redo the floors and we can paint the walls and she's trying really really hard but Yvonne from the center is like this is appalling absolutely not
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so they go back upstairs scorch jonah who i will call scorch for the rest of the story promises that they will make something work for her if if that's what she needs they will do whatever and baby wants this pack she picked the other two packs because they told her she had to have three on her prospective roster but she only wants this one
0: they were her backup packs. yeah
1: and she's gonna make it happen however however that has to happen After she finishes her visit and all of her interviews, Baby has to decide, and she decides she's going to go with the Howlers. That's no question, no contest. Mm -hmm. Scorch and Bomber have a conversation about um, the prospect of Baby, Bomber being Seth. Uh, Bomber is certain that she will choose them, but Scorch doesn't think that she will because he is incredibly insecure. We're going to go through this entire book, and you're going to be like, God damn it, man, go to therapy. (sighs)
0: I did it it was great it was
1: you're doing so much better thank you not for me for you yes yes
0: I agree um
1: once Bomber and Scorch have their whole conversation uh they decide they want to lighten the mood so Scorch gives Bomber a blowjob
0: oh uh
1: Scorch muses while he's giving this blowjob about how much an Omega would mean to the pack, but also how much it would change things and how much he doesn't want to lose Seth. And because he's such a good alpha, he swallows.
0: Well, I just, I mean, well, after all the talking he's doing in the middle of that blowjob, I would like to think that he would. I mean, that really breaks up the flow. It
1: does. It does. Wait. Is he talking? He might not be talking. He Wait, might just okay. be thinking. Okay, you said
0: music. There's a
1: lot. Well. No, I wasn't sure. There's there's a lot that goes on in your brain while your mouth is busy. That's fair. Yeah. So Baby goes back to her apartment. She packs everything up. She realizes that she's been living a really boring beta life um, where n- none of her possessions really matter to her that much. She only packs up what she needs. And then Lola comes for a visit. And on her way out... Lola, who is jealous but also happy for baby, asks if she can borrow a sweatshirt so that she can borrow a little more of her smell. Mm-hmm. And uh, baby ultimately gives her the sweatshirt, knowing that might not be the best idea, but she's a good friend, so she does it anyway.
0: All she wants is a little alpha, alpha stank. Yeah, I just mean, a little bit. Just get a little alpha stank on her. Yeah. Well, I mean, to omega smell. To get that out, yeah. To, to get, get that, that alpha stank. stank. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, Lola leaves, and baby is escorted to LNH Plaza to begin her courting. Courting is exactly what you'd think it is. It's dating, giving presents, spending time, getting to know them, deciding whether or not she wants to spend the rest of her life with them.
0: I'm already rooting for Tornado. I don't know why. I, I just love am.
1: Tornado. Tornado is great.
0: I just like the idea that there's a guy named tornado
1: yeah his real name is sanjay yeah i remember you saying that yeah tornado yeah he's so great he's such a sweetie pie too oh he's so great
0: oh well I, i i i already know who i'm fan casting in that role the actor whose name i can never remember from phone boot and from
1: uh oh oh i should i should clarify um baby is 26 and all of these men are between the ages of 30 and 45
0: okay
1: when i fan cast him i said Dev Patel,
0: Dev Patel, okay,
1: or Ron
0: Uh uh. Ron Veersing would be uh, a, a great, yes, great. Ron yeah. Singh would be awesome. When
1: baby gets to L- uh, LNH Plaza, they they try to settle her in as best as they can because her heat is is coming and it's it's coming on fairly fast.
0: Heat is imminent. Yes,
1: when she arrives, she has a written form um, that outlines her expectations, and her chief expectation is that she will not be bitten. She doesn't want to be bonded yet. All the sex, all the sex, all the cuddles and snuggles and prezzies and everything else, but just no bites yet. Okay. Jonah Scorch makes it very, very clear to the rest of the pack uh, that they are going to follow her written expectations to the letter. And if they don't, they will have to answer to him. Um,
0: Only brown M&Ms in her, in her nest. <laughs>
1: She doesn't have, didn't say anything that crazy.
0: It's not that crazy. It's actually a very prudent way to make sure they're following every detail. But anyway,
1: they take her up to Seth's, or they take her up to Bomber's apartment uh, because it's the closest thing that they have to a nest right now. And it's the only thing that doesn't smell like other alphas. So she'll be able to get mostly settled in without being too uncomfortable uh, because Bomber lives with Scorch he has an apartment but he lives with Scorch they've been together for 10 years so
0: oh wow yeah oh goodness yeah
1: while they're settling in all of the alphas bring her a pillow so that she, that her bed can smell right and things like that and she starts snuggling up with a few of the alphas she snuggles in with Scorch Green and Bomber um, to try and get some comfort and some sleep and she enjoys her first night just sleeping there but she does feel safe and that's really all she wants at this point is just to feel safe because her life is a fucking whirlwind well, right I, now. I,
0: I, yeah you just found out that yeah. you're an omega you're 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 a type of person or a thing that is normally reserved for like fame and celebrity and all of a sudden you're just sitting there and do i smell honeysuckle
1: in a cake <laughs> yeah oh shit oh shit my entire life has just changed.
0: Oops! Now I'm an omega. Yeah, I'm just out having some fun with Lola.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough for baby. It's rough, and they they do their but the best that they can with the limited resources they have to take mm. care of her. The next morning, she wakes up, and Seth is the one who is there with her. Bomber is the one who is there with her, and they have a like a nice raunchy makeout sesh that is interrupted by. A bunch of clamoring in the hallway and bomber tries to make her stay in bed he'll go take care of it but she really she wants to know what's happening and he tells her that they're they call them sweet butts mm-hmm. uh which apparently is a real motorcycle club term uh of some kind they're they're groupies they're mc groupies they're oh. they're female betas
0: that's what they they call them sweet butts okay which is just like ew <laughs> It's not as good as puck bunnies.
1: No, it's not. Oh, puck bunnies is so good. But so they call them sweet butts, and uh, I, I hate that. I, I hate that term. It just it grosses me out for the rest of the book. Baby, baby calls them sweeties.
0: Let's let's go which with is sweeties. So
1: much better. Uh, she find Bomber explains to her that they're being kicked out because most of the time when omegas join a pack, they don't want other betas there and so doing what they think that she would want the alphas are asking their sweeties to leave but baby is not having any of that she walks right downstairs and tells them all to fuck right off these women have been living here they're kicking them out of their homes she's not gonna she's not gonna have 12 alphas and when she looks at like which sweeties are with which alphas she realizes oh they're already paired off with alphas i don't want anyway so they can
0: stay. <laughs> I like that she gets up on her high horse and says, no, they're going to stay since I don't want to mess with those guys anyway. Yeah,
1: it does. <laughs> it is. It, it's sort of like, oh, how convenient. It
0: takes a little bit of the shine.
1: Yeah. Well, oh. one 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 beta Lizzie is with a, an alpha that she wants. Okay. Lizzie is with Cole.
0: OK. And.
1: Baby wants coal, but they'll work that out later. All right. Either way, end of conversation, Baby is putting her foot down. The Sweeties aren't going anywhere. And that's Scorch's first indication that, oh, things might actually be okay. She's not your normal Omega. Probably because she hasn't been raised from birth with the expectation mm-hmm. that she probably will be one. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have the same like socialization. Yeah. As an Omega. She, she's just a beta who happens to be really horny. And smells yeah. really good now.
0: <laughs> kind of, you know, like fame. people who don't find fame until later in life.
1: Yeah, exactly. She's the Alan Rickman of Omegas.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: they have a quick pack meeting where Scorch lays out the rules. And they just have a conversation, get to know each other a little better. And that's where we learned that there's a, one of the... One of the pack, Mackenzie, a.k.a. Books, is given that name because he really likes to research things. And he now knows everything that you need to know about an Omega. Like he basically read the entire Wikipedia on Omegas just to prepare. Like he, he's got like Web M- web Omega MD tabs open on his phone.
0: But <laughs> did he print it all out and put it in the tang? He got to put it in Duotang. You got to put it in Duotang. tang.
1: Yeah. Essentially, he lays out the rest of what we as the reader need to know about Omegas, which is that they are moody. They need Alpha's dominant guidance. They need to. They need stuff to be done for them. They don't want to make a lot of decisions because it's too chaotic. And if she corrects them in anything they do, they are to adapt, not fight her.
0: Okay. I mean, it's worked well for me.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Baby and Scorch have have a visit together he tells her about his mother and this is where all of scorch's bullshit comes from scorch's mother was an omega much like rebecca i thought when i first read this book i thought rebecca was scorch's mom she is an omega who joined the mc because she wanted the mc life uh but then she got a better offer from a rich pack and left but she left scorch with his dad and she never, like, he never saw her again, which is awful. She, like, abandoned her own kid. Ouch. I know. So, I mean, I guess I understand why he's got terrible hangups about Omegas in general, but still. Yeah. Go no, to therapy. I,
0: I <laughs> again, I can relate, and that's why I went. <laughs> uh, just to cl- to clarify for the record, I can relate, but that's because my my dad left, not my mom. Yeah. My mom stayed. Yeah. My dad left yeah. real peek behind the curtain there. And also uh, shout out to my therapist.
1: Hi, other Katie. Hi, other Katie. Hope um, you're doing well. <laughs> uh, Baby and Scorch make an agreement right there that she will not expect a bite while she's naked. When she is in the throw of her heat, she will ask for things. She will ask to be bitten. Mm -hmm. It's a biological imperative. It's coming from her hind brain. He promises her that no one will bite her until her heat is over. And they will only do so if she asks for it while she's got her clothes on.
0: She wants to be in the right. Now, Now, does that does does the bite have to occur during sex?
1: I am unclear. Okay, it always happens during sex in this book.
0: But it doesn't isn't made clear that it has to be in the throes of sex. No. Okay. No. It could just be like, hey, let's uh let's have a ceremony, invite your family, kind of thing. We'll take pictures. Yeah.
1: I have read werewolf books where there is a biting ceremony.
0: Light refreshments. Yes. Okay.
1: They get all that out of the way. Bomber comes in, so Scorch just pops her right up on the kitchen counter and lets Bomber eat her out while he watches.
0: Which is lovely. I feel like we skipped a step. No, what step? I, I guess not. Okay, no just, step. I'm looking at the like I'm looking at the sound waves over here, going. I don't see anything that looks like it, an explanation of how we ended up in this exact situation. Uh, not that I would, but I'm looking for any clue at this point. Oh, it felt well, real sudden.
1: They they have their whole conversation and then they, they start making out and and. Omegas and alphas in the same room is just it's it's just a recipe for fuckfest. Oh, like that's okay. just okay. the way it is. And baby's coming up on her heat, so she's super horny already. Oh, uh, okay. So when she is in need, Scorch will provide for her needs, and in this case, he provides Bomber's face.
0: Oh, well, okay. Like you know.
1: any good friend, yeah, he lets his boyfriend eat her out. Man, yeah. Uh, they. He also gives her, once Once they're all done and she's come back down and got her pants back on, he gives her his courting gift. And his courting gift is a big basket full of like bath bombs and face masks and products and stuff. And she's really excited about that Who, as well.
0: Whose courting gift?
1: Scorch. Scorch gives her a courting gift of self-care items.
0: And Bomber went down on her. Yeah. So... <laughs> I feel like Bomber kind of won the upper hand in that. Was that his courting? G- no, Bombers. Like no, Bombers
1: a beta. He doesn't have to provide her with a courting gift.
0: So, so fun. So Scorch gets to take the credit for Bomber's cunnilingus.
1: I don't think he takes the credit for it necessarily. I, I think just, he's just like get up, o- get over here, put your face in there. He's really into. On, in he's really into to Bomber having sex with the Omega it's like a kink for him
0: okay I I just I feel like you know he gave her bath bombs and and also kind of lingus it just I, I feel like that was also again <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah what do I know
1: uh, later that night when baby's trying to go to sleep she's really restless and upset she can't get herself settled. And uh, the main reason for this is because she asked Scorch to stay and he said no because they had to do things in the right order. So Seth comes and tries to help but Baby can't do anything with, with Bomber. She needs an alpha to take care of her. And he reminds her that she has all of the alphas at her disposal disposal not just scorch so if whoever she wants just ask and anyone will come so she decides to invite green up and green comes to have a cuddle and help her fall asleep bomber takes a picture of them cuddling together and sends it to scorch like look at what you're missing and scorch immediately comes up to have a cuddle too because he's a fucking man um (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it sounds like the opposite of what i would consider to be typical male behavior like oh oh you're just cuddling i would love to do that
1: oh i think i'm i'm thinking more along the lines of like ah oh, i want that too mine
0: oh, okay yeah that's fair i mean i would go up for the cuddle yeah but
1: i don't know that all dudes would no but Anyway, so baby falls asleep between Scorch and green. She's quite happy. Omegas do not like to sleep alone and they don't like to be in open spaces. So if they're all like snuggled up on top of her, she feels a lot more comfortable. The next morning she wakes up. Scorch is gone, but green is still there. They have a dirty cuddle. Good for them. Yes. Um, Where we learn that baby is particularly sensitive in the neck area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that is traditionally where they are bitten. Mm -hmm. Um, She really loves hickeys and and like chewing on her neck when they're when they're all done. Green invites her downstairs to meet the rest of the club, like more officially. Chef's got the grill going in the diner. He'll make her breakfast. She can get to know everybody that way. Um, Scorch and Seth are out doing club business, so she'll be able to meet everyone without being under Scorch's gaze. And so they decide to do that. They go downstairs and get to meet everybody. And that's where we'll pick it up next week.
0: Yeah, because this is... A two-part episode, yes, uh, because this is a substantial book, and we had to cover the ABO dynamic, and we also have to go on vacation—blessed, blessed vacation. I'm trying not to let the anxiety overtake the enjoyment.
1: Well, good for you. The anxiety has overtaken all of it right now for yeah. me. I have to, I have to travel with. I mean you too You'll be there also I'm not saying that I have to do this all by myself But traveling with two children Just sounds like a recipe for disaster
0: Well thank God for them regional airports Because Mm -hmm. uh, none of this Like I said the other day None of this Detroit with a layover in Atlanta And then you know flying to Orlando And then drive for a couple hours Nope We're going from one regional To another regional Yes And your parents are going to be coming Coming and picking us up Yep so, yeah, I am I am really excited. I know that in uh in in the real world in this timeline we are going to probably record the second part of this tomorrow mm-hmm. or or whatever, but I am excited to see the response to the, the first part of this episode. I'm excited to see uh how everybody else feels about it cuz I'm actually I'm actually really into this. I yeah. love I love the I love the notion of A pack of more or less uh, not territorial not you know like mine mine mine
1: yeah dudes uh, dudes yeah Uh,
0: I I, I like it I any anything I know we joked about it last week but anything that actively works to present something that is a different is different than the toxic masculinity that we see so much uh, still in this uh, in this day and age you know we do see a lot of toxic masculinity so the idea of this uh, for somebody like myself who tries to present a different version of masculinity to not just the world but to my children Uh uh-huh I find it very refreshing yeah
1: absolutely if you really want some some good examples of what uh wholesome masculinity looks like from a feminine perspective there are great books like this one, yeah. That can give you an example that you've never seen because it's not acceptable in our social structure.
0: Well, I will definitely pick your brain about that. Oh, of course. And 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 read that.
1: That's that's fantastic. If if nothing else comes out of this podcast except that you read some of my some of the books I love, it will have been worth it.
0: And then you can read Moneyball. Yeah, I'll read Moneyball. I think you'd actually enjoy it. But anyway. But anyway.
1: That's going to wrap it up for us today. We will see you guys next time for part two of Baby and the Late Night Howlers. In the meantime, remember if there is a
0: book in you, write it. And if there is fucking in it, I'll read it. And then she will come on this podcast and explain it to me for your entertainment. Thank you. Don't
1: forget to rate and review.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, Thank you very much, uh, honey, for presenting a a wonderful uh, first part of this uh, you can go check us out uh, we are on Instagram at uh, it's just at cheap smut yep and uh, we are also on Twitter uh, also at che- oh, that one I think is cheap smut pod I need to get this right before <laughs> I record the episodes but I definitely know for a fact that we started a TikTok and we are just at cheap smut on TikTok so uh, I gotta learn how to use TikTok
1: oy I gotta stay off TikTok it's bad for my brain I love you I love you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.